You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be formed. Shaped. Like water. All the fighters that ever set foot on this planet. I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time National college champion. I was never beating cotton. Be proud of this product. The Action Martial Arts Power Hour. All right. Welcome to the Action Martial Arts Power Hour with your prestigious host, one of the foremost Wing Chun masters in the United States today. He is known as one of the most respected leaders in the world of martial arts. None other than Master Alan Goldberg. Alan, how you doing, buddy? I was wondering who you were talking about the other day. Yeah, you <laughs> like that. Oh, I, I practiced that for about uh, a good 15 minutes. <laughs> that was nice. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. How you doing, folks? Everyone's good here, and uh, hope everyone's good out there. Had a good Thanksgiving, and I just hope the people did what we asked last year to go to the Red Cross and donate a few dollars and to get these people out of the disaster they're in now. It's getting better every, every day, but still not enough yet. Yeah, and we've been mentioning uh, a lot about that on every show, uh, you know, at, with the aftermath of Hurricane Sandy. And I have some information for our listeners. You know, we, we do urge our listeners to make a small donation to the American Red Cross, you know, either by texting 90999 to make a $10 donation directly to the Red Cross, or you can call 1-800-435-7669. Uh, many people need your help and you'll be doing some good for someone. Uh, so we want to thank all our listeners in advance for doing their part. Uh, now, Alan, as you know, we have a legend waiting in the wings to come on the Power Hour tonight. Uh, he has conquered the mat, the squared circle, and the cage. He stepped into the WWF, now known as the WWE, uh, during the beginning of the Attitude Era, and he is a former UFC Super Fight champion. And he's a certified, without a doubt, UFC legend. Now, without further ado, please welcome us in joining none other than Dan the Beast Severin to the Power Hour. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing fantastic. Excellent. How are you, Dan? I'm doing very well. I'm out in warm, beautiful Arizona as we speak. <laughs> well, we're in cold New York. How's that for you? Yeah. When I, when I left Michigan, I think it was all of 22 degrees there. And then when I arrived in the Phoenix, it was like in the 80s. I'm like, what's wrong with this picture, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, was, I was just out there, too, in Arizona a couple of weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. It was a beautiful, beautiful state. And yeah. uh, I was out there with John Pellegrini and stuff. And I couldn't, you know, I couldn't ask for more. The weather was great while I was out there. I keep noticing how my, my travel tends to coordinate more and more around the winter months. I don't know how that's so coincidental the way it is, but uh, <laughs> there's an old cliche I've been hearing lately that they say it's easier to shovel sunshine than it is to shovel snow. I don't know about about that, though. Mm, much easier, I think. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, Dan, tell us what brings you out, out to Arizona anyway. Well, I'm in Arizona. Uh, I actually resided out here for a decade back from 76 to 86, uh, being a a student athlete at Arizona State and then also coaching wrestling at uh, Arizona State University. On top of that, um, just recently, within the last, uh, say, three, four months, I have uh, 
worked on an arrangement there with Arizona State University and with uh, the Sunkiss Wrestling Program to actually start up a submission grappling class right on campus. So I'm really excited about that. That will be starting up after the first of the year. And uh, just out here, just interviewing a few different instructors and just getting the the lay of the land, equipment that will be needed, and getting things put into place so that we're ready to rock and roll when it's time to go. Wonderful, wonderful. Hey, listen, you know, sometimes you put your foot into an area there and you find yourself a niche, and that's uh, important. And I think you've done enough in in all the industries that you've been in that you've you've got the reputation and you have the fortitude that people would want you to be there. So I I do wish you luck, and I think you'll be very successful with it. Well, I think, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting that going, and eventually it will just lead uh, to doing some mixed martial arts events in the state of Arizona as well. I've had my own mixed martial arts company going since uh, 98, and it's just way of branching between Michigan and Arizona, and then probably eventually again out in either Virginia or West Virginia doing it so that I can kind of cover a little bit of the uh, the entire United States, you know, that way. Wonderful. Yeah, I know you were out uh, last weekend or two weekends ago, you were out uh, and did that show with the Global Proving Ground. I heard that turned out very well. I spoke to Ron Van Cleef today. And he was telling yep. me it turned out to be a great show. So, uh, very lot of success. I, I, I've been to Branson. Yeah, it was held in Branson, Missouri. I've been in the uh, state of Missouri, uh, quite a few different areas. Had never been to Branson before. Kind of reminds me of what uh, what Las Vegas probably looked back looked like somewhere in towards that city, probably about the I don't really? know, mid to 50s or something like that. Beautiful area. Really, very cool, very cool. Yeah, I know. I spoke to. As a matter of fact, this year that. Uh, James has came on with Global Proving Ground to do a sponsorship at our event this year, and they're going to be doing a casting call. So I said, well, we already got Dan there ready, so and, uh, next thing you got to bring uh, Master Van Cleef in. So they made arrangements, and Master Van Cleef is going to be joining us this year also. And well, uh, a lot of good surprises. Oh, he's, he's coming, he's coming down? Yeah. He, uh, oh, Mr. nice. Van Cleef is going to be flying in from Hawaii to spend uh, the weekend with us also. The first, the first time I ended up meeting uh, Ron was uh, at UFC number four. Here we have the eight uh, contestants getting ready, uh, 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 sitting up at the uh, uh, at a press conference, and <laughs> Ron and I happened to sit beside each other, and we kind of made, I think, what kind of broke the the ice there is that uh, we were the only two guys that were wearing a sports jacket and a tie, <laughs> and everyone else yeah. was wearing like. Uh, more, more wearing like tank tops and muscle garb and things of this nature. So it was kind of unique that that was the first time that we ever met. We've been in correspondence over the years, and then uh, to see Ron uh, physically again uh, two weekends ago with the uh, Global Proving Grounds event. So that was really great to see him. Good. Yeah, Ron's a good guy. I know Ron and myself over 40 years, and uh, you know we've gotten together over the years and done some different things together, uh, did a show, and Actually, I did a show with Ron, believe it or not. I'm dating myself, though. But in 1974, I did a thing called Masters in Action that was in the John F. Kennedy Theater down in New York. And uh, I actually got – Ron had given me a plaque. I mean, it couldn't be more than four by three inches, the whole plaque. But for some reason, I, I just always held that so close to me because that was actually my first time I ever did a show on stage. And I still have that hanging in my school even today from 1974. So, it's, it's, you know, nice little memorabilia. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But then, yeah. We, we, we want to know more about you, okay, and what you did, what makes Dan Severin tick. Wow. I know you've got the golden hour here, but the hour of power, but uh, 
I'm involved in so many different things there, Alan. I've, I've, I've had a very, a very charmed life in so many different ways. Uh, uh, end up uh, uh, talking to my my father a, a few years back, and he's like, uh, you know, he goes, "Boys, how, how old are you getting to be now?" And then this this probably I'm, I'm probably 47, 48 at the time. And uh, I tell him, and he looks at me, he says, uh, he says, you think you'll ever get a real job? And I had to ponder, and I kind of <laughs> stared up the sky, scratched my head for a little bit, put my hand on my chin. I go, you know, Dad, if I work this right, no. You know, he knows, <laughs> he knows I work a lot, but I really enjoy what I do. I mean, literally, literally every day is waking up. I'm like a kid in the candy store because I get to do whatever I want to do, and then that's, that is yeah. exciting to me, and and I I work really hard because I I, I have enjoyed that freedom for so many years that I, I don't know if, if I could really handle any other lifestyle anymore. Yes, it's true. You know, you get so. But you know, then you you are also a triple crown champion that gives you that that I don't want to say, well I'll say the leisure to be able to do that. So you know, you're one of the few that can do that, and I think the most. The important thing that people have to know about you, first of all, even though they call you the beast, you're one of the most gentlest guys I want to know that I bet, you know, just by your, your demeanor and talk and everything you do. So, you know, you're, you're able to carry yourself in different ways and different places, and I think that's what your success really is, besides being a great fighter, you know. So, well, no, I, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's like I'm almost like an acronym of what uh, what my name and all that stands for, and I always tell people it wasn't me that came up with the uh, the ring name was the legendary football player Jim Brown gave me the ring name the beast for uh the way that I could turn it on and turn it off. He just really had never seen nothing like that and even asked me, How do you do that? And I, and I kinda got a little giddy at the time. I was thinking, Well, Jim Brown was asking me a question like that. I, I used to watch him when I was in high school. He was playing uh professional football at that time, was uh, the most punishing running back in, in, in the name of the game. But uh yeah, I right. I've always been I've always been a very uh a competitor my entire life, and, and uh, you know, being able to travel the entire United States, being being able to travel uh, whatever country has ever held uh, the the sport of wrestling. So been there, been there, done that. It's been a real education mm-hmm. around people. I enjoy the teaching aspect. I guess the, the only thing that kind of kind of saddens me a little bit there is like knowing that each year you get a little bit older, and you know that. Yeah, lose a, lose a little bit more bounce of the step and stuff like this. And I keep thinking, yeah, I'm going to fight Father Time tooth and nail uh, and just continue doing what I do. You know, like going to the Ashton Martial Arts event, you know, to, to see people again. It might be the, the, the only time I see them is that one time a year on that annual basis, but it's uh, it's great to see people. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, going out to the Cauliflower Alley Banquet. It's an event that's, that's held primarily for, for the professional wrestling industry, mm-hmm. so. I like going out there and seeing those individuals because, you know, sometimes it might be the last time you see people ever again. Yeah, true. true. That's the truth, especially with the Cauliflower Alley uh, deal. That that happens in Vegas, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've been to a few myself, and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty it's – pretty, uh, it's pretty good because you can actually meet uh, legends like yourself there. Um, and, again, as you said, you, you may never see them again. So, well, it's, it's um, great when, when you finally get them. Uh, when they finally get up behind uh, the podium and that microphone's in in, uh, in front of them, literally you can see 
the years melt away, and they are living in the moment of time, and it's fantastic. So, you know, it's great that they've, they've got a couple uh, hosts there, like uh, Terry Funk, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to break on the other demo, but they do a great job in case someone gets a little long-winded, you know, that they can kind of comedically help them kind of get closure onto a story and stuff like that. But it, it is uh, what Alan Goldsberg uh, event is there for the who's who of the martial arts world. That is the who's who of the professional wrestling world. And uh, I think Alan's trying to bring all worlds together. I don't know. Well, I'm, I'm trying. You know, I, I, I li- actually, you know, I like what I do, and it's funny. One of the guys said the other night I was talking on another radio show, and the guy says, "Well, yeah, I know a couple of people don't like you because of the way you act and do things or certain things." I said, "Listen, I'm not into this for a popularity contest, but I will tell you what I am in for. I'm here to unite the martial arts, and the guys that get in my way are not going to like me because I'm going to tell them right to their face. Excuse the language, but screw up, you know." And yeah. You know, I always say, well, I, I still get 1,200 people to show up every year, so I must be doing something right, <laughs> to say the least. Well, I, I think that, that's just over people that come to the actual banquet portion. That has nothing to do with what, how many people come to uh, the actual expo portion on that on right. the Saturday there, between the Friday and the Saturday, I, uh, how many more people are probably showing oh, yeah. up. It's, uh, more and more, I, I look at it, it it's like a uh, the health industry. You've got people there. You know, selling their their race wares, not just just their actual skills that they have, but also uh, various uh, pieces of uh, athletic equipment, things that are, are being brand new, and that might be the first time that uh, being exposed to the market. Uh, and, you know, you got people that are out, uh, uh, doing selling their various uh, uh, vitamins and protein powders, and it, it literally has become a more and more of anything involved in that. That health industry and again the martial arts, you know, that plays a very vital uh, role because it, it always talks about the the mind, the body, and the spirit. So right, yeah, and you know the, the amazing thing, you know, we we this year we just put on something brand new, which uh, Dan, you do have a ticket for that night for the event, the VIP ticket. Uh, Louis Negley and I have joined did. up on Friday night. He's been doing the ROC Ring of Combat in the Tropicana on the third floor in the main showroom. So now we just headed on another group of people. So we're, we're looking at thousands upon thousands of more people coming through the front door this year that we didn't have last year even. So, wow. you know, we, we try to make it bigger and better every year, you know. Yeah, and, uh, Alan, you know, I thought you were going to talk about the Friday night thing. Well, the, uh, let, me give, the wine, let me give the audience the a little. Thing little, little. That, 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 that's, a funny, that's a funny story with Dan. And the Friday night cheese thing. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Dear <laughs> <laughs> audience, I, I got to tell the people that how Dan is. Yeah, I, 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 I hire private security. I am that. And the reason why I hire private security is because I don't want people showing up and say, well, I'm a friend of Alan Goldberg. Let me in. Because they'll just say to them, you don't have a ticket. You're not coming in. And they turn down everyone. So happened, I, of course, told Dan to show up that night. I wasn't up there yet. I was taking care of some other business. Dan shows up at the wine and cheese party, and they wouldn't let him in. (laughs) They did exactly what you said to do, and I'm thinking, I didn't didn't want whatsoever. I just like, okay. (laughs) And it's funny because when someone said, well, Dan was just here, and and they wouldn't let him in. He walked away. I ran through that hotel. I I checked any place I could that I thought maybe Dan would be looking for him, but I felt so bad. But, I mean, truthfully, Dan has been with me from the beginning. He's been 13 years ago when I first started, and Dan was by my side. And, you know, I also called Dan like one of my good luck charms because he started it with me. So 
So I saw some terrible, but then literally, because, yeah, I went to some eat, I didn't mind. But this well, year, then, you know, don't worry, you got a ticket. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> All right. You heard it here. You heard it live. I guarantee but, you that went down. They probably said, do you have a ticket? He said, no. They said, you can't come in. He said, okay. And he walked away. Right, Dan? I know, exactly. I know, I know what you did. No, I, 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 I mean, you're going like that. It's kind of like I, I found myself something to entertain myself, I'm sure. Oh, oh my God. But you know, you know something good stuff. Well, so, you know, we we are expanding that party this year, and we're also putting a a stage up inside the in the wine and cheese room because we're doing some announcements, some other little awards and other things. So even that has cultivated over the last couple of years to become even something more and bigger than I started originally. Which I just thought originally we'd just do a little get together, but now I'm able to. Touch the audience a little different and have my celebrities and the people we bring in to be able to touch the audience and be with people in a different manner. And it's worked out well. So this year we plan on having a good time. But what we're doing this year, we're starting our party at 5.30 and ending at 8 because Louis Negley starts at 8.30. He starts his, uh, his ring of combat. So we're going to just, you know, whoever bought tickets, whoever has VIP tickets, we're just going to come out and go right into the fights, which is one floor down. So it's going to be a wild weekend there. There's going to be a lot of stuff going on. And uh, it should be fun. Something uh, that I that I was I was really happy that I recently saw, and you know, I, I, me and my son, people know me, we're very close. Me and my son, and over the last couple of years, Dan says, "Alan, you, you mind if I bring my son with me?" And he had brought two of his sons over the last couple of years, yeah. and I said, "Yeah." And his son, they never saw anything like that, and when they saw the way their father was treated in that mannerism, to me, that was great. I mean, that that made my heart warm, and I know after the weekend was over, I know they both had smiles on their faces. <laughs> Well, yeah, it was the same way for me. Just uh, you know, I, I like them to see different things, and it's a, it's a world that they know about. They know that dad's been involved with, but that they, other than uh, simply coming out to my training facility and seeing stuff that involves either mixed martial arts or amateur wrestling, they've really not been exposed to the martial arts all that much. So I really mm-hmm. like them out there to see it because it is something that you know MMA just does not have. It doesn't have uh, does not teach a lot of the, tr- the traditional values of honor and respect, and that's what I, I really love about the uh, the traditional arts. I, I think that's mm-hmm. one part that if you can somehow infuse that into uh, the mixed martial arts, you might have I, I think it's a more viable product. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, I agree. Well, Dan, can I can I ask you something? You know, you know uh, you, you, when you were a collegiate wrestler, you wrestled all over the world. You, you've done amazing things. You're a, a multi-time champion. Now, what, how was that transition from, from doing that? How did you get involved in the UFC in the early days when Semaphore Entertainment uh, owned it? That was pre-Dana White for the listeners out there. Yes, exactly. The listeners, uh, I was brought on the A lot of them may not know exactly who I am because they're, they're used to hearing all the, the more uh, John Bone Jones and uh, uh, Rampage Jackson and uh, Tito Ortiz. They're used to a little bit more current type of names. Whereas, uh, you know, and it's known as mixed martial arts now, whereas, you know, when I first got involved with it back in 94, UFC number four, it was uh, known as No Holes Barred. Uh, just to help the, the listeners, uh, the product that they watch today, mixed martial arts, has approximately 37 rules. Part of those 37 rules are there are weight classes, there are time periods, the athletes wear gloves, and they fight one opponent in a given evening. Whereas back in the no holds barred era, uh, there were no weight classes. Uh, there were no weight classes. 
Um, they only had two two rules that they had to, uh, that were in violation. Those being, you were not allowed to bite your opponent, and you were not allowed to stick fingers in their eye sockets. So no eye gouging. Those were the only two rules. And as I stated, no weight classes, no time periods, uh, bare knuckled action, no gloves. And you had as an eight man tournament, you had to face and defeat three opponents in a less than two hour pay per view. And like Alan was saying, that uh, you know, I'm the only triple crown champion from that uh, that time era. And since now it's illegal right. to do, I'm it. You know, so. Yep. Yep. And you know, yeah, the funny thing to... about it, I, I had met Dan right after his fight, his first fight. If you remember, we met down in the Soda Ship Council in, in uh, it was in New Jersey at the time. And when I met Dan, he 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 was a little set back because Dan was never around that again that base of traditional martial arts, but he fell right into it because what he did in that ring, he did real martial arts. It wasn't the, the mixed martial arts as we see today. So, you know, from the minute I met him, we, you know, we kind of just became friends because I, I was, I was working the event and, you know, I was told, take care of this guy. He just won, he just won the UFC. I said, all right, that's a problem. Well, and I, I need to say, Dan, I need to say something. You, you were talking about the listeners being more aware of the, current names like Tito and so on and so forth, you are a Hall of Famer. You are time. Your name is timeless as uh, as it comes, uh, you know, to pass at UFC. You know, you're. I mean, there's no current, there's no past. You know, Dan to be Severin is going to be, uh, you know, forever linked to the UFC. Um, so I think the listeners do do know that. So uh, I bet you're, you're humble, and I, and I dig that about you. Well, no, I've, I've always been been that way my entire life. I, I always say that your 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 marriage you more or less speak for yourself. You don't have to, you don't have to sit up there and you know regale people and what you do. It's just the way that you, mm-hmm. the way that you carry yourself, the way that you just speak to people. You know, even in my own training facility, half the times I don't know if I'm running a training facility or if I'm actually running a halfway house for for young men. You know, teach them how to shake hands, firm handshakes, how to look people in the eye, how to speak properly, and just you know, just common courtesies you know, that are right. are so lacking nowadays with with our young people. And again, that's those are still all the same values that you see in, in almost every traditional martial arts facility. So that's. That's what I really like about that. I, I, you know, one of the first times I, I think I went to one of Alan's events, I, I really felt like, and I made the comment that I feel like I have really come home and in, in the family type environment that I wish to be around. Mm. Well, thank and you. I appreciate that. Well, that's yeah. the type of atmosphere you have there, Alan, and that's been from day one, you know. Um, and, Dan, you look, I mean, in UFC, you face such greats as uh, Royce Gracie, Mark Coleman, Don Fry. The list goes on and on. And WWF, WWE, you face everyone from Owen Hart to The Rock and so on and so forth. You know, I mean, you, was that transition from UFC to, to getting into the squared circle, you, was that a difficult thing for you? No, actually, in fact, just to back up just a little bit more before that, because a lot of people, that's, that's what they think was, was a natural progression. But I was a professional wrestler as of the 92 Olympics. Mm-hmm. I first started doing professional wrestling at that time, you know, vir- uh, virtual unknown. I used my real name. I used my real amateur wrestling credentials, and I happened to be uh, very, very young in my career. And a gentleman from Nashville, Tennessee, happened to be on one of the cards, and he asked me if that was legit, and I said, uh, y- yes, it was. And he said, you ought to be over in Japan doing the thing called shoot fighting or shoot wrestling. I had never heard of it before. I gave him mm-hmm. a business card, gave him an athletic resume. Three days later, I get a phone call. 
10 days later, I, I go down to Nashville, Tennessee for a trial. 30 days later, I'm in Tokyo, Japan, in front of a 12,000-seat fellow. Did not have a clue as to what I was doing. <laughs> All I knew was my, my Asian opponent kicked me half a dozen times really, really hard. <laughs> I grabbed him <laughs> and... Uh, Slinging him all over the place, dismantling him in the in, uh, in the process, much to the crowds uh, uh, cheering and stuff like this. And the uh, Japanese interpreter, he's like, "Don Saban, you will become a superstar in Japan." And I'm like, "Well, I don't know about that superstar thing, but I'm, I'm going to be protecting myself at all costs here." So yeah, well, they, they they love things like that in Japan. And, and the UFC came after that. Okay, mm. So that's so, so you were pro wrestling. You just you just came back home. Yeah. Well, we have a couple, you know, guests coming on, which are co, you know, co-sponsors of the event. Of um, she has a show actually that come on as a co-host, and we have one guy, and uh, we call him Mr. Wikipedia, but I don't. I really call him <laughs> Kempo Joe is his real name. And uh, when he comes on, Dan, I just have to sit down because he's going to tell you things about yourself that you forgot already. Uh, this guy's a walking encyclopedia of anyone that we get on the show, so wow. we'll be on a little while. And I have another gentleman coming, you know, very well. Uh, Aaron Richmond, the president of the uh, MM Fight Council, and uh, he's coming on. He's going to be working with us on doing some of the MMA coverage and things like that. We originally started to do that when we first started the show, but it didn't fall into place because one of the things we originally started the show of, Dan, was that I, I always had a pet peeve about these guys that call themselves a doctor of martial arts and PhDs in martial arts. So we kind of went after them at the very beginning of our show and um, you know, it, it took a little time up, but it also took some time to get these guys to realize that we were, I don't want to say the word right, because it's not, you know, we, we weren't in a battle. We were just trying to make people aware of what the legitimate aspects are of the martial arts. And uh, I have to say to this day, most of the guys we know did take that off their resume as being doctors of oriental uh, philosophy, things like that. So we, we got to basics to some point, let's put it that way. Yeah, and, well, and uh, there was uh, only one person that called in to even defend that or even you know confront it. If you remember, yeah, that, and you know some, and we we actually went off and I proved him off the air. He didn't like it that what he, whatever he was saying was fraudulent. It wasn't a real doctor's degree, but he kept saying, "Oh yeah, but it's from a martial art organization." Well, well, let's not get into this whole conversation again. But <laughs> it's it, it not legitimate within the standards of the highest board of education. That's all I'll say. And most people finally realize it at this point. So we did a good job, Lou. And you and I both and a couple other people that were on board with that, we kind of straightened a lot of that out at our first earlier shows, about maybe 12 to 15 shows back. But yeah, now yeah. We're, you know, we're honored we're getting some great guests on, such as Dan, and we've had Frank Shamrock, and uh, we had Don Wilson, Cynthia Rothrock. So we're getting some great guests on every, every show now, and uh, people are appreciating what we're putting together for them. So Dan, yeah, well, I, I want to get this. The nice part about being at the event is you get the, uh, the opportunity of uh, chatting with people and, and a lot of uh, informal type of uh, settings. You know, that Saturday there's all types of uh, little uh, seminars, uh, clinics of that are taking place, and, and then you have all the various uh, uh, celebrities or their taking pictures, signing autographs, or they might be like myself right there in the middle, <laughs> in the middle of out just to see. I'm, I'm there to see what, what new um, – New items are being uh, 
brought forth uh, in, in the industries because I'm always, you know, when you run your own companies and stuff like this and your own training facilities, you're always looking for something new and improved to kind of help get the same message across, but uh, right. might be just a little, little different way of delivering that. Yeah, uh, I, I think also you walk around to see who you can rib, but that's just my opinion. Well, I, I probably to a certain degree, <laughs> you know. <laughs> now, now, Dan, this is a word I really don't like using this word. Uh, I, I mean, because you're, I mean, you're gonna you 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 evolve from one stage to the other as a human being. But a lot of people, you know, they they talk about retirement, retirement from uh, professional fighting. Now, where are you in, in that realm right now? Because you've done everything that I believe that any pro wrestler or fighter can do. What, well, where do you I'm, go now? What are you, what are you going to do? Right now, this, uh, I, I sent out a uh, number of emails to all the various promoters and promotions I had in my database as of December 2011, letting all the various promoters know that, that if they were ever – Think about utilizing my uh, my uh, uh, skills that um, it, it better occur somewhere in the course of 2012 because I uh, I plan on being retired as of January 2013. Now I have out of that I, I think I've only had either one or two matches that have materialized this year. I had I had half a dozen promoters jump on a rate of way and just nothing seemed like it really materialized. I have been contemplating. Uh, retirement for about the last, I'd say, four, five, six years. And I've I, heard that. But, <laughs> yeah, but I, but you know, I was looking for that last, that one last big hurrah to, you know, set as your goal, train hard for, and then you know, let that be it. Well, that that last big hurrah never really took place, and so it's kind of like, well, now I just have to become grips with myself and just realize that, well, what's done is done, and so I, I, I tell people that I. I plan on being be retired from mixed martial arts competition as of January. I said, but what the clause, knowing that if one of three individuals, being a, a Mark Coleman, a Ken Shamrock, or a Hoyce Gracie, if, if one of those three matches were to come up, or the fourth case would be that the money was so ridiculous, <laughs> that would be the only fourth clause that I would have okay. put in. Oh, I always say I, I'm going to retire much the way that a professional – a wrestler retires, and that is until the money sounds just too good to be true, then I'll come back out of retirement. But, but for all intents and purposes, I will be finishing my mixed martial arts career this year, and I'm looking that in the course of 2013, of actually putting my professional wrestling career to an end in the following year. Okay. Oh, okay. So well, we'll have something we'll to we'll celebrate in January. January will be a great month for me then. Well, I, I think it. I think it's going to be. I think 2013 is going to bring a lot of great things to you, Dan. And that's why you know, with the word retirement, I don't like using it because you, you, you're evolving because you're still involved in the industry. You're still doing well, no, a lot I, of I, great things. I've always, yeah. always been involved in, in the industry. It's uh, you know, you know, working with the the. Global Proving Grounds is just one of the uh, the companies and they're, they're trying to do things on an international type basis. Uh, working also with the World Cup of Mixed Martial Arts, they're also uh, doing things on, on a, an international yeah. uh, basis there. And both yeah. of them, what I like is the fact that both of these companies are trying to infuse the more traditional martial arts back into uh, the mixed martial arts world, and I'm all about that. And uh, mm. with one company, I'm acting as a 
their athletic commissioner, with the other company. It's just all types of anything from uh, play-by-play, color commentating, to uh, just just help them write the rules and regulations and things of that nature. And on top of that, still just just doing my own thing of uh, traveling to and fro, and still doing the old uh, workshops and seminars. I still enjoy that a great deal. Yeah, there were a couple of good fights that night with the World Cup. We went up there. I was there with you, and there were a couple of good fights there. There's some some heavy duty guys in there fighting. So, yep, I've been in contact with them, and uh, I I know that come January, that's when they're going to be making some new announcements at that point in time. And and uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm hoping to be on board right along there with them. Yes, excellent. Well, that's all. That's awesome stuff, and uh, I think that, as I said. I think that you're you're going to keep giving till you can't give anymore. I can see you a hundred still doing this, and I, I'd still be well, afraid of you. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, actually, well, I mean, I took uh, the, the ring name, the Beast. Basically, you know, has a lot of negative connotations. So basically, I, I, I'm a very positive individual. The word the stands for Dan Severn. I'm a teacher, humanitarian, and I'm an educator. My message Damn. to young, my young, uh, my message to young people is Beast. To believe in yourself to educate yourself, to adjust your everyday attitude, to study hard, and then to teach others. So in the end, you do give it away. You give all that knowledge away so that you make make, make the world a better place. And there you, there you have it. I, I, I can't find – I don't know of any other better way to go to break, uh, Alan, with uh, the great words from Dan, the B7. All right, Dan, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back on the Action Martial Arts Power Hour with Master Alan Goldberg and UFC legend, pro wrestling legend, Dan the Beast Severin, and we're going to bring on Wikipedia Joe. And Alan, don't care. I'm going to keep calling him Wikipedia Joe because he has way too much information for us. All right, so uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to UCW Radio in your face. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. So glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. Action Martial Arts Magazine.
Dan Severin. Guys, welcome back to the show. 
Yeah, we're gonna be joined. Yeah, we're gonna be joined by uh, by your your co-host for the next segment, Wikipedia Joe. So, uh, Joe, welcome to the Power Hour. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Joe. How are you, buddy? How are you? Doing very well. Doing very well. Uh, I don't know if you folks are getting the snow out your way. We're dealing with this here in Massachusetts, so I don't know if it's uh, out that way, either in cold water or, or there, out there in New York. How are you How are you guys doing with the snow? We're all right. We're right. right now, we're all right. We don't know what they said. It's going to be a little heavier, but uh, listen, we'll, 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 we'll get through it. So. I'm going to yeah, go hang out with let, let, let me make a introduction exactly. first. Yeah, well, I actually lived in Monroe, Michigan, in the Lower Peninsula for a little while, uh, studying being an African missionary. So I, I definitely can relate to the cold weather in Michigan. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's just cold in Michigan right now. In the Upper Peninsula, I think they've got a little bit of snow in the Upper Peninsula, but in the Lower, it's uh, just uh, just in the very northern part of uh, the Lower Peninsula, and they got a little bit of a dust right there. Nothing serious until give it about another 30 days. Then we'll start getting some more serious snow. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the first place ever when the highways and all the highways were torn up because of the snow plows. I was like, wow, mm-hmm. okay, this is snow. Well, yeah. uh, actually, I wanted to say, first of all, um, uh, Mr. Seven, we actually do know each other. Um, like we know each other through a mutual acquaintance, one of my old students, uh, Tim Gillette from Fall River, Massachusetts. Yeah, and, there you uh, go. You- yeah, we had Tim, uh, matter of fact, uh, uh, Tim uh, had brought you in in the past for seminars, and you've met him through different MMA events and whatnot, and that's how I first got to meet you. You did a seminar for him way back in the day, and you actually did uh, on the on the same weekend a pro wrestling card for uh, another friend of mine's uh, wrestling promoter, Joe Eugenio, back in the day. Wow. Small world. That's, uh, that, yes, it is. <laughs> well, Joe, it's good good to talk to you once again after all these years. Well, I, I've got a couple questions for you, and uh, just to educate our, our, our general public and the, the, the listeners of the show. Um, well, the first thing I wanted to ask you, I was looking through your, your resume and all your past uh, uh, in career, and uh, the first thing that, that came to interest in your early career, um, I saw about lifting in with the amateur wrestling with the Sunkiss Kids, and that you were the first Sunkiss Kid. What, what was, what was, who were the Sunkiss Kids? Uh, it is, uh, well, it's the number one uh, amateur wrestling club in the world today. You know, at oh, the time, okay. it, it was it was a startup organization back in uh, 1976. Um, I ended up, uh, uh, you know, going on uh, recruiting trips all along the United States, and I happened to be out in Arizona at uh, one of the times right there, and uh, I happened to be uh, having lunch with the the head coach, uh, one of the former alumnus, and myself, and uh, the the head coach. Uh, excused himself to go make a few phone calls because the cell, cell phone did not exist at the time. Well, it did, but it was not very fashionable to have that big uh, walkie-talkie uh, type of device. And, uh, and the, uh, the alumnus said, he said, I heard that you're looking for the best of both worlds because I, I made it. There's no secret that I was going to sign with a program that had a good international program, Freestyle and our Greco-Roman, along with their collegiate because I always felt I was a better uh, I always felt I was a better international wrestler than I was as, as our folk style, what we do here in the United States. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the alumnus said, he says, well, you signed with uh, Arizona State, he says, and, and uh, that, will, that will come to pass. And sure enough, uh, oh. 1976, the Sunkiss Kids program was started, and uh, you're talking to the very first Sunkiss Kid. Mm. Excellent. 
Now, uh, the next question I had re- in regards to that, you know, in, in relationship to uh, to your your early uh, UFC career, um, you have the the distinction of being the first MMA fighter to ever utilize the suplex, and uh, uh, when when you started working with that in relationship to that. Um, what made you use the suplex? Why, why did it, what, the belly-to-back suplex? Why, why was it that particular technique that, that you became noted for? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 I had, uh, so many people say, what was going through your mind? I said, well, I said, other than him trying to put his elbow or his fist through my mind, I said, I was trying to say that. I was trying to stay out of harm's way. Well, well yeah. Joe, the truth of the matter is that you hurt people with that suplex. That's why you just oh, oh, it was, it was, it was uh, when I did it, so many people were horrified because they had never seen anyone bother, anyone <laughs> who finally lifted up another man like that yeah. and just flung him over his head. But, you know, to anyone in the, you know, say the amateur wrestling world, freestyle or Greco Roman, you your two international styles, you know, they're well versed. It, uh, they they, they uh, exhilarated. I mean, they they they, they thought that was fantastic. Um, and 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 the professional wrestling world, oh, they totally embraced me because that that's a big killer. Or at one point, that used to be a big killer finishing technique uh, that were that was utilized by many professional wrestlers. So you know, the professional wrestling community really loved the fact that I pulled off a, a, a suplex. Yeah, well, I tell you, I, I saw one fight that I remember Dan did. I don't remember the gentleman he fought. It was a tall, thin kid, a little taller than Dan. And Dan grabbed this guy, and he suplexed the guy, I think it was four times in a row. And this guy's body went limp. And to me, that was one of the, one of the greatest fights I've ever seen in UFC. You remember that fight, Dan? Well, that was actually, that was my very first one. That's where I, that, That's where people... They didn't know who I was because I didn't say anything. They didn't really uh, they didn't talk about much about my my background. Also, I go out there and and I ate a lot of elbows in that match against Anthony Macias. Yeah. And then once you know uh, I ended up getting back around him, I I, I started flinging him. And, and when he stood back up, it's like he landed the second and third time harder and with more force and impact. So much force and impact that his own knee as he as as I folded his body in half. Mm-hmm. His own knee, his own knee came up and struck his own head with his Nothing. own knee and split his own head open. That's yep. how much force oh he was God. he was making impact with with the uh, the surface. <laughs> but you know, in, in that mixed martial arts world or no holds barred world, they had never seen that uh, technique. Amazing. But you know, when I, when I walked out in my very first uh, my mixed martial art or no holds barred event. I only trained for five days, an hour and a half a day, and I never trained a single strike. I never trained a single submission. I just had... Uh, wow. I was inside of a professional wrestling ring with uh, the instructor of professional wrestling and two other professional wrestling protégés, and they had one old pair of boxing gloves, and the name of the game was Punch and Kick at Dan, and I don't like being punched and kicked at, so I stayed out of range and would either close the distance before they got any real mustard on it, and that was my training camp. <laughs> Now, after uh, during your UFC career, after UFC four, um, again you mentioned earlier about Cauliflower Alley, and I was very familiar with Cauliflower Alley. Uh, again, I, I worked in the professional wrestling industry for fourteen years, and actually, one of my martial arts instructors, a gentleman by the name of David German, the founder of Thai Transition Action Incorporated, he was the martial arts advisor for Cauliflower Alley for many years. And oh, okay. we were talking about the, um, I'm sorry, we were talking about the old hookers and shooters in, in those days, yeah. Lutez, Carl Gotch. Stu Hart, 
Um, after UFC 4, did you go to, to any of these individuals to look at that particular aspect? Because it was no holds barred, after all. So, no, exactly. Well, matter of fact, uh, Lou says I, I was given my own uh, National Wrestling Alliance heavyweight uh, title belt, was given was presented to me by Lou says himself. He was the president mm. of the College Flower LA Banquet. And I did not know that. I mean, I, I was simply told by a few people, you really need to be there. That you know, they, they were actually saying that, that Lou was going to be stepped down as president. And I, I thought a great deal of Lou. So I was there. Well, and when he got up there, he started talking about this uh, presentation that they were going to give to, to, to the next person. But he used the line that says, I've known a lot of wrestlers in my day, but I've known very few wrestlers. And even mm-hmm. fewer yet, hookers and shooters. And that's where, again, the, the listening audience, they had never heard these terms before. It was it was a, uh, a term given to athletes of true ability because that's where you know the professional ranks, uh, professional wrestlers. You know they merged out of the carnival type ranks. So the champion uh, wearing the belt, he actually had had true ability. So when when that announcer would be in the ring there with with the champ, saying that whatever. Man, woman, or child that could last five minutes with a champ would get ten thousand dollars. That was a legit um, offer that was being presented. But knowing that whoever climbed through those ropes, that champ was going to put down hard and fast. And so now when old Billy Bob goes back up into the crowd, all bloody, battered, and bruised, you know the people say would think it had to be legit because look what happened to one of their own, and that was what the premise of profession was founded on. Excellent. You know, and, and you, we we always talk about that analogy that country boy that lifts tractors and cows in his spare time when he when he's out in the field, and that's who they had to deal with. And um, and you know what, Joe, you're talking to one there right now. So you're you're talking to the guy that that slop pigs and milk cows and and. Uh, <laughs> Shovel more maneuver than I probably want to even admit to. <laughs> there, there you go. Well, you know, while, we, while we're on the topic, since we're talking about the, the old hookers and shooters of, of, uh, of old times, uh, again, um, you were involved in the World Wrestling Federation, and you did a storyline for a while with Owen Hart. Now, yeah. did you know Owen through Stu Hart previously, or did you meet him first in the WWF? First now the WWE. Yeah, that's the first time I met him was uh, was there, and uh, yeah, I got to know Owen more and more as time uh, passed on. And, and he actually said that, uh, told me said that he had actually went uh, to the the Canadian. Uh, I, I've been to the the Canadian Cup um, wrestling event, amateur freestyle wrestling event, on several times, and it was held up in Ontario. And he actually had came over and watched because they actually have a legit. Uh, Owen and the family had a legit background in amateur wrestling as well, freestyle wrestling and that. So the thing that was with Owen, as I got a chance to, to get to know him a little bit more, was I could do certain things in matches that I could not do with a normal professional wrestler. But because Owen had that amateur background as, as well, we could do some ground things. We could go out there and do some, some things on a feet that, you know, uh, mo- most professional wrestlers would not be versed with. Hmm. Now, and again, you know, sadly, unfortunate with his with his tragic passing. Um, you know, again, there's another individual that you worked with that's no longer with us. Uh, 1995, you received. You mentioned about the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, you had uh, earned your first uh, tenure as uh, the champion by defeating Chris Candido. 
Um, and I was wondering what it was like to work with him as a, as a wrestler. I didn't know if he had worked a series of matches or you had been brought in as a spoiler for that match. Um, can you give us a little background about that time? That, um, that was kind of brought together. Uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, uh, Jim Cornette was overseeing that. And it was, uh, I think, just a quick collaboration between uh, Dennis Carluzzo and uh, Jim Cornette. And, 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 we, we, and Dennis, we lost, we lost Dennis, too. Um, yes. Uh, as well, yeah. I, I, I was more there as a spectator to the event, and they had, you know, Chris, I forget who he was wrestling at the time, but it was one of those matches where, you know, the loser eats dog food. Well, I think Chris lost the match in the process of him trying to be fed this dog food, you know, gets knocked over and, and, and basically lands in my lap. And so it basically leads to this impromptu match. Oh, awesome. And that's, really, that's kind of how it actually all came about, and mm-hmm. that uh, that he was willing to put his his trap on the line, you know, against you know a guy that you know that, he, that didn't know much about professional wrestling. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, um, just uh, one last one last. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, please. No, I was going to say just uh, one one other question. Then we have uh, Aaron Richmond of uh, the MMA ah. Fight Council on hold. So uh, just ask Dan uh, what you need to ask, and then we'll bring on Aaron. Certainly. Um, I always have one, what I call a questionable question, meaning I haven't really found out the answer to it. I've heard it in the past, and sometimes I'll ask a person, and they'll say, yes, it happened. The other time they'll say, I have no idea what you're talking about. So uh, on this one, in uh, in the UFC, um, there were individuals from uh, the George Dillman camp with Kyushu Jutsu that had claimed that you had studied some of the Kyushu Jutsu technique. And there's one particular fight in which you execute this heel palm in the front of the person's forehead and really stun them. And, uh, and everyone was saying from that camp, oh, we had learned this technique, et cetera. Is there any truth to that story? Well, no, I, I legitimately had met uh, George on, on several different occasions. A buddy of mine out of uh, Detroit, uh, uh, Eric Hebeswright actually uh, introduced me originally to to uh, to George. Um, I actually still have uh, the actual rocks, and the uh, I, I designed a uh, a wooden thing that kind of help hold steady the uh, the metal bowl that these uh, that these rocks were in to actually work on uh, iron palm techniques and oh. the the motion. So I I literally was. Uh, uh, I guess, uh, I don't know, making my hands some more uh, callous and stuff like this, doing palm. But I, I also worked the back of my hand because I, I worked the, the, the actual palm strikes, but then I came back with, with backhands and things of that nature. And even in some of my matches where some people were or just to be throwing open palms, I would swing across with a, with a, with a palm shot and then come back, back across with, with the backhand. Because uh, my, my first exposure in Japan, it was it was bare-knuckled, you were allowed to kick the entire body. You were allowed to uh, punch the entire body, but to the face, it had to be all open palm. And that's how, how I really learned that I needed to throw a good open palm. But then it was shortly after that that uh, you know, being immersed more and more into the martial arts world that uh, that I came across uh, a few other individuals, but I know also across George Dillman as well. And that's where legitimately I did expo- get exposed to some iron palm that techniques, and I did incorporate them into my arsenal. Excellent. 
thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you taking the time. And last but not least, that that you that UWF story, the Japanese promotion. Bart Vale tells a similar story, and I think that's a thing that they always pull on. They don't tell them until they put him in the ring to see how they'll do. And uh, yep. I thank you for sharing that story, and thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Mr. Rebello, thank you. I I appreciate being on as usual. Bring us a lot of information. Yeah, stay with us, Joe. Don't leave. We just have to bring Aaron on so we can have the MMA moment. So Uh, uh, Dan is going to Dan is going to sneak off the air also because he had other things he had to do. So let me just say my goodbyes to Dan, and we'll speak during the week anyway. And if you want to, you know, whatever you want to hang up, Dan, just do what you got to do. We're going to say our goodbyes to you now. And uh, thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. No, I, I, I had a lot of fun. I just have got a few prior commitments there. So uh, let's uh, let's uh, do this again before the actual Martian Arts Weekend uh, takes place. So we'll get a chance to talk on a few other areas. Well, we're going to be, be we'll be doing a live show there too. So it's going to be uh, going to be a lot of fun, definitely. But Dan, you, you're 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 definitely one of the most humble. Uh, People uh, that uh, that are out there in the world of martial arts or pro wrestling, for that matter, uh, and I do, me, and I me, and I appreciate you. I, I do that. Let me tell you the story about how uh, I, I that I, I've stayed humble all these years. The very first, the very first national title I ever won was back in '72. Here I am, I think either 13 or 14 years of age. I come back to the farm. I've got this nice, uh, was a trophy or plaque, I'm not sure it was him. Show it to my father, kind of like a little banny rooster, my own chest is toughing out and stuff like this. Look at his dad, son won a national title, and he's he like, well, that's, that's great, just son. He goes, but we've got some pig pens that still need to be cleaned out. And I'm like, but, but dad, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like, they're like, I shut the head on down, I'm like, oh, okay. And I'm, I'm out there, I'm shoveling manure. And my father comes out to me, puts his hand on my shoulder, he goes, he goes, son, he goes, I do expect an extra special job out of you. You are our national champion. So it's kinda like I have never that that was burned in my memory and I will tell that I will tell that story till I draw my last breath there. I said my father had a way about keeping keeping me rather humble. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, gentlemen, I, I appreciate the, the time we've had, had to share here, and I look forward to the, our, our next great adventure. All right, Definitely. buddy. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Dan. All right. Nice. Thank you, Dan. Enjoy. Thank you. All right. So now uh, we had, uh, you know, a legend, uh, Dan to be Severin, on the show. And he, Alan, you, you have to agree, he's one of the most humble uh Oh, you know, guys out there in MMA, uh, martial arts, or or even in pro I, wrestling that I've yeah, I, I, I've been fortunate to break bread with Dan many, many times over the last say fifteen years, twenty years, and I tell you, every time we get together, he he just makes me laugh. He just got a, a sense of humor. That you look at him, you don't expect it to be there, but he is yeah. one of a kind. Definitely, he is. Yeah, and so, hopefully his son uh, builds up. His son David, I know he. Uh, and I know he was uh, he was he was uh, doing some uh, wrestling and stuff. And when, I, when we spoke to him, and uh, what was it in Ohio, uh, when I was yeah, talking yes. to him, and uh, you know, Dan said, I don't know, maybe my son may go down that road. I said, Well, let's see what happens. If so, then you'll have a, a, a big legacy there. So uh, with that said, let's bring on uh, from the MMA Fight Council. He's been on on hold for a little bit. Uh, welcome, Aaron Richmond. Hello, hello, uh, Lou. Thanks for having me. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hi, Aaron. How are you, buddy? Good. You know, we asked you to come on a while ago, and we just were able to arrange it this this week. And uh, you listen, when it comes to the MMA world, 
who's better to know the things except for the president of the MMA Fight Council? So we want to give you a few minutes, uh, say a few words, talk about what's going on in the industry and what you feel is fights you've seen, so on so, and so forth. Absolutely. And and if I may, though, I just can't not say something about Dan because uh, I'm, I'm blown away. Loving MMA as I do in 2012, I'm blown away by uh, Dan Severn. And, uh, you know, I can barely remember my three kids' names. And uh, he's got 127 fights, and it seems like no matter which one you ask him about, he remembers every detail about it. He's fought mm-hmm. in almost dozen countries. I just can't believe uh, every time I get a chance to listen to them, it, it really, I'm just that much more impressed than I was the last time. You know, you know what I find, I mean, just to interject something like that, I find the very technical fighters that are out there, such as the guy rest his soul, Joe Lewis, and a guy like Dan Severin, mm-hmm. their intelligence level is more than you expect. These yeah. guys are special where they are because it's not just how they know how to fight, it's about their intelligence. So, you know, I, I don't expect anything less when you speak to a guy like this, but you don't expect it as a, the normal people until you speak to them to see it. So, right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So, oh, and by the way, just a side note, Lou, I, I uh, believe uh, that his son, uh, David, has been a two-time state wrestling champion so far. In, uh, yeah, that, that that I remember, yeah. Yeah, pretty, Wonderful. you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, they say. No, yeah. not at all. All right, so, uh, my friend, do your magic. Yeah, so MMA uh, today, I mean, uh, let's see, the most recent UFC uh, was uh, back on the uh, 17th. Uh, hopefully you got to catch it or hear about it, but if not, it was uh, huge. It was the return of uh, George St. Pierre after, gosh, almost a year, maybe a year and a half out due to an injury. He came back and uh, fought uh, Carlos Condit, and uh, he he was taken to a, a decision, but it was a unanimous decision in his favor. Uh, so he came back, a little bit of ring rust, as he talked about afterwards, but, uh, the, the, you know, the pay-per-view champion king, as, uh, as Dana White likes to call him. You know, he really turned it on and did what he needed to do uh, against a very worthy opponent, by the way. Uh, and then uh, in, in that same UFC, Johnny Hendricks, who is uh, really a, a, a friend of the NMA Fight Council. He's just a great guy. I've known him since he was starting out in the UFC. He defeated Martin Kampman, which basically put him, uh, giving him the next shot at the 170-pound welterweight title in the UFC. So that was great. In fact, he uh, had a 46-second knockout is what he did uh, against wow. Martin Kampman. Very impressive. Uh, so he's he's the uh, he's the future, perhaps. But uh and then, uh, of course, the news coming out of UFC 154 is, you know, will George St. Pierre be fighting Anderson Silva uh, in a super fight? Uh, there's rumors of the Dallas Cowboys Stadium sometime next year. Uh, it, it remains to be seen, but it seems to be, you know, something that a lot of the fans are hoping to see. Uh, and, and very torn, in fact, about who who would win, you know, such a fight. So that was the most recent uh, UFC uh, we do have uh, also Bellator just took place uh, the night before that, the 16th of November was the last Bellator. And uh, a guy down in uh, in your neck of the woods, uh, Rich Clemente, who's been uh, fighting for a long time, unfortunately uh, lost that night and retired. It's a little uh, regional tri- tri-state news there. Uh, to an up-and-coming uh, guy, Marcin Held. Uh, Bellator is, uh, you know, strong as as always. Their their next show coming up is uh, pretty exciting. It's coming up uh, this coming Friday, and it has the uh, again a guy from your neck of the woods, uh, Lyman Good, 
from uh, from Tiger Schulman's uh, schools, mm-hmm. uh, fighting fighting for the welterweight tournament championship uh, against uh, Andre Korshkov. And so that's coming up this Friday. Uh, it is televised. Uh, for anybody that's in Michigan, it's, it's at Mount Pleasant, uh, Michigan, with the Soaring Eagle Casino. Uh, he's a tough guy. He was their champion originally at the at that weight, and uh, you know lost it, but he's right on the verge of, of winning it back. Uh, so that's that's what's happening with Bellator. And by the way, the uh, Bellator after that. Let's let me just check the schedule here. I think it's the one right after that is going to be in Atlantic City. Uh, okay. So in the, yeah, so so coming up, you know, coming up shortly, uh, December seventh, actually, uh, Bellator '83. The following one will be in Atlantic City for anybody that's uh, you know looking for some good fights down there. Great. Uh, so that's some of the that's some of the you know the big uh, fight news uh, as far as what uh, just took place. What's coming up? The next UFC is UFC on Fox, uh, December eighth, and that's going to be a, a great night of fights with uh, Benson Henderson. Uh, fighting Nick Diaz, um, both tough, tough guys. Uh, that's in Seattle, Washington. Uh, some other good fights on that card. BJ Penn's coming back uh, out of his supposed retirement by Rory McDonald that night. Uh, some good stuff going on there. Uh, again, that's, that's in Seattle. Uh, let's see. What else might be of interest? Um, I will tell you, uh, for anyone that's not familiar, uh, on our website, the MMAFightCouncil.com. We have an events page, and even just for the rest of this year, we've got about 25 or 30 more events listed from around the world. So if you're looking uh, to find out what might be happening in your part of the world, uh, you know, we've got events in Bulgaria and uh, India and Poland and, of course, mostly in the U.S. Uh, really? so. the, just a little thing uh, Give your credentials about what you're doing Also with the MMA Fight Council Can you tell our audience a little bit about yourself And what you're doing with that Sure, sure it, It's an organization we want, we want everyone to know who you are Let's put it that way too Okay, well I'm just a, I'm really just a lucky guy I think that loves the sport of MMA Lucky that I know you, uh, Alan and Lou And uh, I've been fortunate enough to uh, Meet people along the way uh, that uh, care about the sport as well. And so, you know, we have this organization and this website where we, we try to make a difference in as many ways as we possibly can. Uh, some some ways that for people that like to see something, you put their eyes or their hands on it. On our website, we have uh, the world's largest list of MMA promotions, uh, not because there's anything in it for us, but because we want people, we want fans to be able to connect with promotions, to be able to support fighters wherever they might be fighting. Uh, so there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of promotions listed, literally. If someone wants to count and be my guest, I have no idea how many we have. Uh, and we also have a uh, the world's largest list, uh, the collection of MMA sites. There's four or 500 sites listed on uh, one of our pages. And again, that's because if you love MMA like we do, uh, and you have an hour or five minutes or three weeks. You can look through it. You can find stuff you never heard of. Um, uh, so, that, yep, so that's some of what we do. Uh, there's some other stuff that maybe uh, maybe I can have better prepared to speak about uh, in the future. Uh, well, let, let, let me add on to this, Aaron, because, you, you, again, like with Dan, there's a humbleness there. You know, you're, you're a veteran. You've been around the block. And I've seen you in action with the MMA, MMA Fight Council. I've seen what you've done of what you continue to do. And you, you, you go, you 
come up with these creative uh, ways of raising uh, funds to keep funding the MMA Fight Council. And I commend you for that because you believe in what you're doing and you're doing what you need to do to keep making it happen. And uh, I think that's fantastic. And I think you're a great guy. I just wanted to throw that in there because you're not saying it. I'm going to say it. Thank you, Lou. And the same can be said uh, for you as well. And nothing sure can be said about me. What are you? What are you kidding me? Nothing can be said about me. Nothing can <laughs> be said about me. <laughs> you know uh, what? What Aaron has done, which I like about the Fight Council, also Aaron has taken it. And when he started setting his board up, I, I was very fortunate. He was one of the people he asked to be on. But he started asking not only just MMA people. He started asking a lot of traditional martial art people to get involved because he he saw the the necessity to see where it all came from. And I think that's been a little bit of the magic because you actually crossed over a lot of the, the lines that other people might have not wanted to cross. But like Dan said, he sees a lot of traditional stuff coming back into the MMA. And uh, I think it's a great thing. I really do. Well, well it is. And, I, and, and, and if, I, if I may, I guess I would love to say publicly every chance I get that I couldn't be more grateful. Uh, Alan Goldberg, I believe, is probably our biggest supporter uh, as one of our advisory board members and, and makes a lot possible for us that wouldn't otherwise be. Uh, it is true that uh, there is no mixed martial arts without martial arts. And while I, I will freely admit I, I am not a martial artist I, I, by no stretch of, of any definition, although I have a, an incredibly healthy respect for the martial arts and we've trained just a little bit here and there, but I, I understand that you cannot have mixed martial arts without martial arts to mix. And um, mm. that it, it's not it's just a fact. And so we've been very fortunate. Uh, I really am hoping this, uh, as this year ends and the next year begins to really sort of, uh, energize in a number of ways, the, uh, the synergy that I think exists with the advisory board members or that can exist. Uh, there's some incredible, some, some real just legendary, uh, martial artists, uh, mixed martial artists that all seem to believe that the sport is, is worth, uh, is, is worth making great efforts to uh, to grow and, and improve. So that's right. it is, it's very exciting. Okay. And, and, you know, go ahead, Alan. Go on. Uh, this year, uh, you know, just uh, in the amazing factor that we have Louis Negri doing the ROC, uh, bring the combat this year, we have a lot of other celebrity martial artists coming to our trade show this year. And, right. uh, you know, I'll be giving a list very soon, but including who's going to be there ready. Frank Shamrock is there, Dan Severin. Johnny Carter, we have Ray Mercer there, and tons of kickboxing champions and so forth. Uh, we're going to be bringing in a few more. Kenzo uh, Gracie is supposed to be coming. Um, a couple of the other guys that fought on loose cards that have been around a long time are going to be coming to the trade show and expo. So I think our event is actually going to be covered a lot more of the MMA than we ever did before. And hey, if that's what the audience wants, I'll be honest with you, my event is for everybody. It's not just one thing. So, you know, we're opening the doors. Everyone will be there and be part of what we do. That's it. And, and Aaron, uh, we, we, have a, we have a caller, uh, Tom Gettling from Long Island. Uh, uh, he's on hold. He wants to talk to you. Well, I would love to talk to him. All right. Tom, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, guys. Hello, Sifu Goldberg. Hello, Aaron. You, you follow me around, Tom? <laughs> I'm following you around, Sifu. How are you, buddy? I'm, I'm great. I'm great. My question really is piggybacking off of the conversations that, that's happened all night with uh, Dan Severin and then 
of course, Aaron, uh, he mentioned, you know, George St. Pierre, both very, very respectful men. And my real question to you, Aaron, is do you believe that the traditional martial artist, uh, because of the respect factor, is going to deteriorate because of sales? Because it always seems like the trash talker and the bad boys generate the money. Do you see that becoming a major factor in MMA in the future? I hope not. And and what I what I think I appreciate that you. It's a fantastic question. There are lots of things. While I love MMA, there are lots of things about it that I'm not crazy about. And what I would say is that uh, George Saint Pierre, for instance, really the first MMA fighter to cross over mainstream as far as endorsements go. Uh, it, it has a a lot to do with the fact that he's not a, a loudmouth fighter. He's a respectful martial artist who has mm-hmm. dedicated his life to rounding out his game. He wrestles better than most Division One champion wrestlers, but he has no formal wrestling. But mm-hmm. but he works that hard with a lot of people to get there. And he goes to Brazil and he goes to Henzo Gracie's school and he goes he does whatever he needs to do and he works hard up at TriStar. Uh, at his gym, and he's mm-hmm. he's the most respectful. You couldn't find someone more of a gentleman uh, in or out of the ring. Honestly, yeah. well, I'll give yeah. you one other guy that that bring you bring something up that's like that. Also, I've I've had the pleasure of meeting quite a few times. Is Randy Couture? Mm-hmm. He's a guy, probably one of the most deadliest guys you want to meet, and the guy's such a nice guy. When you meet the guy, it, it kind of right. blows your mind, you know. Yeah, he he's definitely humble, definitely. Well, right. that, you know, when yeah. you look at that, uh, Randy Couture, I mean, the, the first thing that comes to mind is his nom de guerre is Captain America, that that yeah. white bread, yeah. flag-waving, and truly, he's the epitome of it. Yeah. Yes. Do, do you feel how that the MMA world is going to continue to follow them, or will we go the way of professional wrestling and boxing? Well, here, here's what I, I think. that The difficulty with that and the reason that that's even an issue is it is because of the business model. It's because of uh, looking to reach the masses as opposed to the, the bulk of the fans that have existed for the last 18 or so years. And, and to grow the market, I don't, I don't think they're going to abandon what really matters or works, but I do think there's going to be that fringe element of, sure, somebody who can talk a good game well, let's let's face it. We we have somebody right now that we, and I'm not saying he's a bad fighter by the way, but Chael Sonnen, he's gotten himself more fights by talking than anybody, and uh, the title fights, and the, so it, it does. I guess there is that element, uh, Tom, that's always going to be there. I hope it doesn't become all encompassing. I hope it doesn't become a circus, uh, because I think that's a disservice to the fighters. Well, all, all I want to say is is I hope that, you know, like Dan Severn, like George St. Pierre, like Sifu Allen, and, and like yourself, uh, Aaron, that the respectful guys run the show and that they'll make decisions on that and maybe even curb some behavior so that it doesn't turn into, you know, uh, the bad blood and trash talking that, that the other sports have become. Right. Well, let me ju- can I interject something there? If if my good friend Tom keeps doing what he's doing up in Warrior Camp, we're gonna have curious martial arts around for a long time, Tom. So you just keep up what you're doing also and we're gonna yes, that traditional martial arts right out there in people's faces also. That's yes, true. sir. That's true. Thank and you so much say, for the no, opportunity. Tom, yep. 
before you yes, before sir. you leave, Tom, just want to let everybody know when I had Tom in the green room, I asked him what's your name. He gave me his name and he told me where he was from. I said, Okay, you're a martial artist? He said yes. I said, Okay, what's your title? Master this, that he said, No, it's just Tom. Okay, you know, I mean if more people had that um that demeanor, that attitude, I think uh, the world of martial arts would definitely uh, be a better place to be in. Thanks so much for the opportunity, guys. I love the show. It's a great show. Thank you, Tom. Thanks. Thanks. I'm a big supporter of what we've done, and just you calling in makes me feel, hey, we got people out there listening that care. Oh, we're listening all the time. All right, my friend. Thanks. God bless. I will say I would like to just end that that discussion with this. That One of the things that I love and I point out to people that are new to MMA is, look, watch these guys. They look like they're going to kill each other, but when they're done, for the most part, most of them will hug each other, will mm-hmm. shake, hold each other's hands up. That's what. That's really the essence of the sport. They're warriors right. who, this is what they're good at. They make a living. They have families they support, and they don't hate each other. They respect each other, and when it's all done, yeah. they hug not because they have to, they just want to, and they respect each right. other, and, hey, the, the better man won tonight, and, and we move on. Well, I agree 100% with that. I see a lot of uh, good things happening. And, again, you do have the bad apples out there, but uh, yeah. they, they, they'll get weeded out one way or another anyway. Yes. So, well, you know, I do have to say that this has been a great show, having Dan on and uh, my two co-hosts, and uh, MMA guy here now, and everything we're doing. I think we're getting bigger audiences all the time, so... Hey, guys, we're doing the right thing for the martial art world. There's some other great shows there. Alan Woodman has another show, kind of like we're doing, a little different, though, and I love what he's doing with it. And, uh, as a matter of fact, I'm doing a show on uh, Wednesday night with another group, a uh, group under Moses Powell and some people that are doing the martial art talk shows. And you know something? I think this is the way to keep the traditional guys around and keep them alive and let them know that there's a ton of us out there, guys. <laughs> a lot of us out there. Oh, and I think that uh, having these these outlets is giving you know the next generation the opportunity to hear this. Yeah, definitely. You know, and that's fantastic. But you know what, Alan? At the end of the day, no one has a better show than you do. So uh, there you go. <laughs> well, let, I, let know, I keep trying. Let me let, let, let me just get cocky there for a second. <laughs> okay, so now now uh, can no, I make my real... official apology point? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, gentlemen, I wanted to apologize for not being here last week. I was kicking myself. I felt like Wiley Coyote at the Acme butt kicking machine with the old, you know, toilet pull chain with the two by fours and the combat boot kicking me in the backside because I was I was the one who actually asked Sifu Goldberg if he would bring in his instructor. Yes, and sure enough, something came up, and I wasn't able to make it. I'm going, great. This is just wonderful. But uh, I, I will make a point of being here. I really enjoy being part of this. It, it's an opportunity to speak to a lot of individuals who I have not had the opportunity to speak to, and, and I hope that you enjoy the questions that I ask, and I hope it, oh, it educates our viewers. And uh, I'm driving to be Wikipedia Joe. <laughs> we, got, we, we, we got a good mix with everybody, and I think everyone enjoys each other's input so uh you know onward and forward gentlemen it's been a great yeah, show and, and joe last week i mean when we had jason lau on um you know that was one of the most listened to uh power hours that we've had wow so that was, 
Yeah, so, you know, yeah, you missed the boat on that one, buddy, but that's okay. Always, well, you know, always, always, I always, said, always, I, 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 I listen, I'm listening to, <laughs> going to be listening to the rebroadcast, really looking forward to it. And uh, I had a bunch of questions because I've been following his career since the 70s, and we were talking about that, the old Action Black Belt magazine and Masters of Self-Defense and all those early magazines out of the New York area, and he was one of the people right. that was involved in them, you know. Well, we, and, uh, Lou, I didn't. I, I didn't tell you we made all our students listen in. That's what it was. That's what they ah, there, you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they they had no choice from coast we to coast. We the wall. There you go. <laughs> I just oh, want to make one last comment before we close. Um, on, on, again, I'm, I'm sure it was mentioned last week, and I know that uh, uh, Sifu Goldberg was very honored at, um, at uh, again, the events regarding the passing of uh, uh, Grandmaster Ronald Duncan from the Way of the Wind system. And um, I, I, if you read his comments on Facebook and how humbled and honored he was to be asked up with uh, one of his uh, – uh, Sensei Duncan's oldest students, and uh, I actually have an old interview that hasn't seen the light of day from Storm King from uh, a couple of years back that I mm. will be putting on uh, YouTube to, to as an honor to him, and uh, he will yeah, be missed. Definitely. I mean, I, I just sp- I did speak to some of the sons, the two sons, and you know, I told them the Action Martial Art magazine were behind them 100% because we we know what happens when someone passes. Everyone wants to claim all these things, and, you know, we just want to be behind them because Master Duncan and I, we had, we had a special relationship, such as other probably people did. And I always tell people it's funny because when I, people would see him around, even when we were around the public, he was very stern and straight, and people didn't think he knew how to laugh. And when he would call me on the phone, he, he would call me on the phone. I didn't know it was him. I thought it was someone else. It was a completely <laughs> different person. And I appreciated that so much that, you know, when when his eldest students, it was four of his eldest students, uh, Felix Vasquez and uh, Noriega, they had actually asked me to come up with them. And I left it. I didn't feel like I belonged there because I wasn't his student. But I was honored enough. And, you know, that gave me more of a, an understanding. That I just want to, you know, support the family and make sure that, you know, they're not pushed around at this point by well, everyone making these crazy claims as things do happen when someone does pass away. So I was very honored. So Max, gentlemen, I thank you for being here. Uh, we got a lot more to do and a lot more to say to people. And uh, thanks. All right. Before we close out, uh, Aaron, uh, give uh, the website again. It is MMA Fight Council, which is C-O-U-N-C-I-L dot com. Okay, you have MMA Fight Council dot com. And as all our listeners know of the Power Hour, you know, go to actionmaxstory.com. Find out more about the Action Martial Arts uh, Hall of Honors that's happening January 25th and 26th of 2013 at the Tropicana Hotel and Casino. It's going to be an awesome time. Starts Friday. You have the wine and cheese event. You got Louis Neglia's, uh, you know, Ring of Honor. I mean, was it Ring of Combat, right? Ring of Combat, right. Ring, 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 ring of Combat, and then uh, you have the, uh, the one of the largest uh, trade shows at the Tropicana that happens on Saturday, and then you have the Black Tie Affair, which everyone loves to go to uh, Saturday night. So uh, if you miss it, uh, you're going to be missing one one heck of uh, an event, and and in my opinion, I think it's going to trump. All the other uh, previous years, Alan. <laughs> You're master God's ears. I keep working. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The hardest working man in the world of martial arts. Okay, uh, does anyone have anything to say in closing? 
uh, just thank you guys for being on. That's all I want to say. Okay. And thank we'll you, see you next everyone. Week. Yeah, next week, next Tuesday, seven, uh, seven, seven o'clock uh, Eastern time. And we and who's the guest next week, uh, Alan? So we can uh, let our uh, World World Champion Jeff Smith, one of the one of the three guys that made the special team between Joe Lewis, Jeff Smith, and Bill Wallace. They were the dream team. So uh, we definitely have them coming on. And I know we'll be talking a lot about Joe Lewis that week because they were very close also. So it's going to be a good show also. So guys, prepare yourself, be ready because Jeff, Jeff's a talking too. So we got we're going to have a good guest on also. Oh, we'll have another great show. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Everyone have a great week, and we'll be back with you on next Tuesday. Audience, say it with me. Legendary. It's going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. It's going to be legendary. The ultimate martial art experience, Action Martial Arts Magazine Hall of Fame, January 25th to 26th this year. Don't miss it. Bigger and better than ever. More stars, more people, bigger rooms. We're expanding everything. Friday night parties, seminars. So be there. You need to call me? 718-856-8070. And I'll tell you more. You're listening to UCW Radio. In your face. If you try to remember, you will lose. Empty your mind. Be formed. Like water. All of the fighters that ever set foot on this planet, I'm the only world champion, United States national champion. I'm a two-time national college champion. I was never beat in Cotton. Be proud of it. The action martial arts power.